Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander. Joined as always by Nate. He's on the East Coast. And we are looking at a Wednesday slate. Finally get some games here in the NBA after that big Monday slate. Small on Tuesday, although it was a fun matchup there between the last two MVPs in Embiid and Jokic. We've got 10 games here on Wednesday for you that we're looking at. We've got best bets in this video, and we've also got play of props up in a different video. So make sure you are subscribed to that page, like these videos, and continue to follow along all season with us. Also want you to head to thelines.com and use everything we've got up on the website right now, including that uh, odds finder tool that we can use to make sure you're getting the best juice and odds available to you from these books giving us bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first NBA best bet, an interesting game between the Heat and the Raptors. And after staying away from the Heat, we are repeatedly coming back to them. I, I am riding the Heat. Yeah, I I think it's a it's a new season. It's a new day. They have better depth and they have Jimmy Butler back. Uh, whereas, you know, what do the Raptors have? They have no Yaka Pirtle, uh, which has been a big issue for them. And True. so... Minus one and a half or minus two is what you can get Miami at here on the road, which, by the way, they've won eight of their last 11 road games when they have Jimmy Butler. Um, they're 15 and 10 on the season with him. They're 19 and 11 when they have Bam. I don't know what they are when they have both. Maybe like 2 and 0 oh because it barely ever happens. But, um, you know, Bam obviously locks down that defense, and that's been their key to success going 4 and 1 in their last five here. Number one three point defense, uh, number two free throws allowed. Fifth fewest assists, third fewest fast break points key uh, against Toronto, which struggles in the half court, even after getting Emmanuel quickly here. I mean, in their last four, it, it's it's been the defense that's been the biggest issue because Pirtle's been out. Um, but yeah, quickly, you know, the shine wearing off a little bit here. And, you know, without quickly when they when these teams met uh, a month ago. Toronto was held to just 37 points in the second half at home and the the heat rolled without Bam. They held Toronto to just 103 points. So now they have Bam in there. Obviously a huge impact. Toronto just doesn't really win when they're dogs. I'm 16-18 this season including 2 and 5 as home dogs. 29% uh win rate when you include last season as dogs and Three and six against the spread their last nine home games, um, even getting quickly in there at some point. But, you know, with IQ and, and RJ in there now, they're they're a little more, you know, dangerous from the three-point line. But like I just laid out, like that's that's not really happening against the Heat. They're still, depending on a lot, going to the basket with Siakam and Barnes. And that's not happening when you have Bam back there. So I just trust the Heat defense to take care, to keep this close. And then Jimmy, to be able to close it out. You know, I didn't even mention like Lowry, Hero, they're all going to be available. Just Hawkes is the only guy they're really missing here, but this is pretty much full strength heat. Yeah, I, I agree. That That's kind of what I keep coming back to as well. Um, I was trying to look at a total for this game. I really thought there was a, a live, like an over was really live in this one. And the heat don't score on the road. The Raptors don't haven't scored. Even with this, this iteration of their team, they've, they've only averaged uh, 109 points per game at home versus the, the, you know, toward pace that they're playing with on the road. Um, I, yeah, I think Bam is, is definitely good for some props. They're, they're a bit high because he's not going to have much in the way of like, you know, any, any opposition, right? Like you said, Pirtle is very important to this team. I was really enjoying taking his prop overs because he gets so many good looks at the rim. Now that there's actual, you know, speed on offense a little bit more so than there used to be in Toronto. 
Um, but I, I the, the shine for quickly, I don't know if it's wearing off. I think it's just what it is now. I think it's like 18 and a half points is his prop and that's what it will be. And it's based on a lot of volume and him being the one that pushes the pace. But I, I would, I would agree that he are, are good at minus one and a half here. Uh, they did surprise us by getting beat by the nets the other day, right. Without, without people. Um, and that's, that's a situation that we'll monitor for them. Like I, I love them as dogs. Don't love them as much as, as um, you know, favorites, but they are on the road in, in a situation that, It'll be a little bit difficult. So, yeah, small small favorites. I'll, I'll ride with you on the Heat because you are the Heat Whisperer right now, too. So uh, let me go to the best team in the NBA, Nate. Shame on us for barely talking about them. Other than when you wisely keep taking Colin Sexton props, we haven't talked about the Jazz enough. Um, so I'm going to take their team total over 123.5 on DraftKings. As I take a sip of water. Um, because they're playing the dubs. The only thing that scares you about this bet is Draymond being back. Maybe that makes a difference, right? On the season, they've let, they've allowed 115 a game with him, 118 without him. We'll see what that really translates to in Utah, where they just go bonkers in Utah, right? They play at the third fastest pace at home. Um, they've won 15 of their last 20 overall. They've won nine in a row at home. The last time they lost at home was on December 8th to the probably the second best team in the NBA after them in the Clippers <laughs> at the time, uh, which was a tough matchup for them. But now they've, you know, fully healthy, everybody back. That's really been the case for them is that they've, they've Will Hardy's had his sort of pick of the lineup, which is really helpful. Like he hasn't even really used Walker Kessler. They're going completely small at this point, predominantly Kessler's barely getting 20 minutes. If he does get that amount over the course of this, this win streak, um, because they, like I said, they're playing a lot of Lowry Markinen, Sexton Clarkson, and they're just insanely, efficient like the the a lot of guys outside of uh marketing are getting 20 minutes you know he's really one of the only guys getting up around above 30 minutes even clarkson has been slightly below 30 minutes in in the last bunch of games partly also because they're blowing teams out by the way um but it, it's also just because he like i said he's able to keep that pace up and run teams out of the gym and i would expect that in this one um i, I think the dubs are, are liable to come along for the ride. I just don't know for sure, to be honest, with the way that their offense has been up and down. Uh, it, it, they have been scoring a ton more points recently. Uh, it, the game's averaging like 120, 119 uh, in, in that range for, you know, so like about three, 240, 239, honestly, in that range for their games. Even with Draymond back the other day in a game with, against Memphis, they, they only scored 107. They gave up 116 to the Memphis Grizzlies. To, to the I'm sorry I don't even think that what's Memphis's G League team that's who they did they gave it up to right like there's barely any starters in that game so now you've got the the offense that is humming the best at at home uh, has gone over in in the uh, set seven of the those ten games that they won or nine games that they've won in a row at home uh, and the last thing I'll say is like both of these teams are shooting a ton of threes not defending the three point line nearly as well as they're uh, defending other parts of the court and the, the Warriors are going to keep fouling we're going to see a lot of of free throws for the uh, Jazz, who have the fourth best free throw rate at home. The Dubs are giving up the most free throws per game when they play on the road. It's a problem they've had for a long time about just fouling because they're so small and un unable to stop guys going to the rim. So uh, Colin Sexton, I would love to take his props in this one. They're, they're at about 19 and a half. It just scares me that the dude gets 23 minutes, even though he's averaging about 20 points in 23 minutes in his last 10 games. That's just such an insane efficiency that it scares me to take that kind of prop with him, but he's going to the free throw line this game for sure. Can you just take jazz minus three and a half at this point? I mean, yeah. Can Definitely. I make that half your, half your pick here? Because yeah, you're talking about how much they're going to score and the warriors, their, their road struggles probably going to continue a little bit. I mean, Draymond back for one game, but like you said, 
lost to the, the, the Grizzlies without any starters. Draymond not able to really plug those holes. And then everybody else, yeah, dropping points and, and beating them by double digits, any, you know, home or away, basically. Uh, just that weird win at the Bulls and then beating the Pistons recently in their game log. So, yep. And they I, wouldn't I, have won that game in Chicago if they didn't boo that poor widow. So, <laughs> anyways, moving on to another team that's great to fade, the Charlotte Hornets. At, at New Orleans, uh, Pelicans are back home after a five-game road trip here, and I expect their defense to show up and just kind of control this game. Hold the Hornets under 108.5, which is where they're at. Uh, no Gordon Hayward, no Mark Williams. Brandon Miller is questionable. LaMelo Ball has been back for two, but you know the Hornets still only getting 93 points per game in that, in that span, playing at a pretty slow pace. And LaMelo's return might contribute to Rozier suddenly going cold. 21 points per game on 38% shooting, volume shooter, but really inefficient. And his last three against Nola, Rozier getting 19 a game on 38% shooting. Hornets only able to score 102 a game without Gordo in the last two seasons here. And yeah, I mean, maybe this is more about the Pelicans though. Like they're coming off a loss in Dallas to end that road trip. And after a loss this season... They're 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 first of all nine six and one against the spread, so they they probably are going to handle business. The spread's crept up to twelve points, but I'm I'm not sure you know how consistent their offense is. I just know their defense will come with it. Uh, after a loss, they've held opponents to one hundred eight or fewer in five of their last six. The only exception was overtime. They held Memphis to one hundred three in regulation. So basically, make it six for six in terms of coming back and locking it down. And they play really slow lately. I mean, their last eight is a 93 pace, and they've gone under at five of their last seven at home with the second-best defensive rating in the NBA during that span. Even on this road trip, right, you saw them stomp the Kings and the Warriors, hold them to 105 or fewer, and this Hornets offense is just not a professional offense. I mean, you got LaMelo back out there, but he's he's a distributor at heart. Like, he's, he's not supposed to shoot the ball 30 times and, and – you know, it, maybe Rozier was having some success being the guy that's going to shoot the ball 25 times. But now it's just kind of a weird herky-jerky situation where both of them are just taking bad ISO shots and there's no flow to anything. And the Hornets are probably the worst offense in the league at this point. Yeah, there, there's some teams that want to argue with that. I mean, the Memphis is is definitely leading the tankathon right now with, with the amount of injuries that they have. So, I, yeah, either way, um, I didn't know really how to attack this game. Um, the the Hornets, it, yeah, sure. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not far behind in the tankathon. Let's put it that way. And, and I do believe they have a slightly worse record. So um, let me go ahead and close out best bets with uh, the Atlanta and Orlando game. It's in Atlanta. And it might be scary, but I'm taking an under, and it's for uh, Orlando's team total, 113 and a half. I'm not really – this is nothing to do with Atlanta's defense. I, I don't plan on throwing out any sort of defensive metrics for Atlanta that will indicate that they're going to shut anybody down specifically. But I do see Orlando prioritizing defense the way they did last game. And we're going to have basically the same iteration uh, of last game again, but it's just in Atlanta now. And I do believe we have Markel Fultzbeck, which helps slow things down as opposed to Cole Anthony playing a ton of point guard and getting all those starter minutes. So that's, yeah. And then also Goga Batadze getting a bit more minutes than Mo Wagner, which also slows things down because he's in there to guard uh, Clint Capella. And really that those two guys have banged against each other pretty well last time. So um, the, the 113 for them, there's no Franz. Like it's very interesting if you look at the the game log the three games prior to the the last game that they played on January 7th, 
these teams went well over this total on all three and played at an average pace of about 102. But that's not that's with front. There's just there's not enough offense now for Orlando. So you've seen them go even choppier and slower than they were uh, earlier in the season. Once they lost front, they had that one game where they shot 47 percent from three against Denver. <laughs> that was how they won that game. It shocked the Nuggets. And then the next uh, the, the other games uh, after that, everything has just been super slow, um, super under. They uh, like I said, they, they only they went over twice since when he went down. Uh, the other game was not this one. In this one, they were going well under. Um, the, the Magic ended up getting 117 because they went to overtime, and that was it, right? And there was like 14 points in overtime, and, and Paolo did whatever he wanted there, and that's how they ended up getting there. But it was like 105-105 going into the, the OT. So that, that game played at a 95 pace is indicative of what Orlando's been doing since Franz went down, slowing it down to about a 95 pace per game over the last seven uh, since that time. Now, Atlanta's playing at the fastest pace, but they've also had a decent amount of unders uh, recently. If you look at their game log, which is really interesting, especially that one against the the Spurs the other day where they looked like they were going to score 140 and then just stopped and we're at about 105 when the, when all was said and done took some starters out obviously but this defense for Orlando obviously on the other end of the spectrum from San Antonio I don't, don't need to specify that too much but I, I think without like outlier crazy three-point shooting near 50 percent like they had against Denver this this Atlanta, uh, Orlando team doesn't have multiple ways to score there are no real plays in these sets it's Paolo go it's a lot of the similar stuff that like Luca does but Paolo ain't Luca, and he doesn't even have the weapons around him. So, yeah, I think the, the 114 is going to be too tough for them. We'll go under for their team total. Yeah, I think that's the key is that Paolo now, as the number one and only option offensively, has led to Orlando's offense just completely going in the tank. Like, they had an initial lift where, where he was just able to have great games, including that Atlanta game. But now, you know, under his prop in four straight, I will throw out this bonus bet of under 27.5 points for him, which is still very high. And the Hawks to win the game. At the, that gave you like plus 130, plus 150. Um, that's hit twice that, that we picked it against the Wolves and the Heat. I, I know it's scarier with this Hawks defense, especially because you saw Paolo drop 35 against him. But it's exactly what you're saying. Like teams are just daring these outside shooters to hit a shot and doubling Paolo. And he's only got 19 attempts in his last two games because the Knicks and the Thunder were like, yeah, kick it out. And, and like huge amounts of potential assists, but nothing going down. Magic averaging 98 points per game in these 96 points per game in those four. So I I think the Hawks will win. And, uh, you know, their defense has been better of late, like you're saying. Yeah, better, not great. Um, But yeah, no, all all of that is is correct. And and like you said, if you're taking an under for Paolo, you might as well parlay it with the money line for Atlanta because there's just not a world where Orlando wins this game and Paolo doesn't, you know, have a very, very good game. So. Nate, let's go ahead and get right into your first NBA player prop here. Yeah, it's a combo for Trey Young here and SGP. For, but under, you know, all of his props, it, it 25 points, eight assists, two threes, and then the Hawks to win the game. It, it gets you plus 150. I'll go half a unit there. And, I, I you know, I expect them the, the Magic to do a better job on him than they have in the past three where he's just torched them, 36 points a game, 10 assists on 38% usage. Because, uh, you know, Jalen Suggs is a great individual defender and, and the Magic have done a good job limiting point guards for the most part. And they're probably going to sell out and try to stop Trey. But like I'm saying, like under all of his props, but still to have a productive game as he kind of rides the momentum of that really good second half against the Spurs where he broke out of his slump from three. That's really key here. Um, you know, his last seven, he had been taking nine threes a game, shooting 26 percent 
and had not really been getting the three threes, but that he had hit in 10 straight prior to that. So I think, you know, three threes, if you want to play around with SGP, get better odds, definitely in play because his his uptick in three-point percentage when he's had Jalen Johnson in the lineup is pretty notable. He's shooting like 38% when JJ's out there. Uh, you know, the assists is something you can bank on in terms of eight. He's gone under eight assists three times this season. Happens two of them were against the Pacers, who just somehow do a great job on point guards and, and get torched by every other position. Um, and then the, the, the magic to to lose here despite beating the Hawks at home without Franz, you know, they're one in three since 96 points per game on a one Oh four rating. Their only win against the Brunson list Knicks in a really low scoring game. And they've kind of been torched, you know, even with Franz or not. I mean, you see these kind of do everything point guards or point centers in Joker's case, they, they kind of still torched Jalen Suggs and company. And, and, you know, Suggs is going to have to spend some time on DeJounte Murray but, I mean, they get their numbers. I won't say they torch him. Everybody gets their numbers when they're an MVP candidate. SGA, 37-7. and seven. Joker at 30-8. and eight. Steph had 36-6 and six this month against Orlando. So I'm saying Trey can still put it put up some numbers here, uh, even if he doesn't get to his, his lofty props. Yeah. I, I, he does need to make some th- – he either needs to make threes or get to the free throw line, right? It, this number isn't all the way up to, like, 30 where he has to go bonkers. So if he is doing one of the one or the other, he, he should be in a good position. He was he's been scoring more than giving it up to guys like Clint Capella, right in the dunker spot. So yeah, I I still like I, it, 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 the only thing that scares you is you're like how many times in a row can this hit? You know, we, this is something that keeps happening. That's really the only thing that scares you is almost like if he had had a bad game or two for some reason and there was a, the clear positive regression was coming, you'd almost feel better about it, but. Just just ride it out, man. Keep hitting black until it falls on red, like we say. So, And then when it hits, hits red, maybe it'll go back to black next time. But either way, let me go to my first one here and talk about Steph Curry assists, which is an under I've been taking, but I'm going over in this one because things have changed without Chris Paul. So over five and a half dimes for Wardell, Stephen Curry. He's Look at the, you know, Josh rebound chance, potential assist lander at your service because the potential assists are what I look at in the last three, well, five games without CP3. Two games, really, because even in the in the games he was playing right after CP3 left, Toronto, New Orleans, blowouts, not even games worth watching uh, by the second quarter. And he still got his six dimes in those on roughly 10 uh, potential assists, right? But then you you fast forward to the, the next game, then he misses a game, then he's got uh, Chicago and another game that he played, right? And in those games, we're talking about 13 and a half potential assists and, five and, and uh, eight and a half dimes per game. Draymond being in actually helps him, interestingly enough, uh, which I've, I've known for a while because you've been looking at with and without Draymond stats for Steph and ever since he couldn't keep his hands to himself since the end of last season. And, you know, that Steph's numbers actually are better with Draymond on the floor because Draymond's not taking away from Steph. They play off of each other in a way that he's more Steph's outlet. And if Steph's not getting doubled, then whenever Draymond has the ball, his first thought is, is Steph open? Or is he about to be open? And then he's going to wait for it, right? And so uh, once Steph gets the ball there, then he has his options. But point being, like, he's been back to being a, a true point guard. And in the six of the seven that he's played without Chris Paul, who's the only dude who's taken the ball out of his hands, right, in terms of bringing it up the court or whatever. Like, Steph only plays off ball when CP3 is on the floor with him. And so in six of seven without him, he's gone over this number. Uh, and like I said, in, in all of the last five since CP3 went down for the, the with the injury that he has now, we're talking about uh, the Steph just stepping in and, and getting all of those assists that, like I said. So, yeah, this is another good opportunity. I think they will hang with Utah for a while. I don't know 
when and when they won't, when they'll stop to, to a degree hanging with Utah. But I do think the points will be there because Utah's defense is, uh, offense is awesome as it's been. Defense, not so much. Yeah, and Utah allows the second most assists to point guards on the season. They were allowing like 30 a game despite their hot streak here. Definitely a high-scoring environment when you look at a 242 total. As you mentioned, yeah, like the Jazz to keep scoring and stay hot on that end. So you're going to you're gonna have plenty of plenty of points here and, and a free-flowing game probably for Steph to get those assists. Um, so Damian Lillard and the Bucks at Cleveland. I also think there's a bit of an over there possible. I mean, I'm not betting it, but it's, it's 237 and the Bucks they don't get stops. The Cavs are playing decently fast yeah. lately. They went over in six of their first nine after losing Garland and Mobley. And then they played like, honestly, a lot of trash teams lately. They had the back-to-backs against the Wizards, et cetera. So maybe their defense looks better lately. But it still kind of struggles against point guards. And, and, you know, Dame had 31 on 9 for 16 shooting against at Cleveland, I will say, at, at the end of December. He dropped 50 in his previous meeting against them last season when they were at closer to full strength. And, I mean, this is a very low total. 23 and a half points I did not get to is, is, is only his prop here. I would expect it to be one or two higher considering it's a guy who just dropped 29 uh, um, and played 41 minutes in overtime against the Kings. But now the Bucks have two days rest. His splits are, of course, going to be better with that extra rest. And he's just been hitting this total pretty consistently. The exceptions was that ridiculous blowout against Boston at Houston's great home defense. And then, you know, Indy has held him down, which I mentioned uh, with Trey Young again. Like somehow Indy is incredible against these these star point guards. But Cleveland is not lately um, with without Garland being being at the point of attack with Donnie Mitchell taking on such a huge burden on offense. I just think the points will be there for Dame, um, you know, whether Giannis gets his or not, like they're going to need they're going to need the bat, the Robin to his Batman. Yep. Totally. Well, that's fine. That, that's very helpful for me because I also think Dame will score a lot of points. I also don't think he will get a lot of dimes. And the books have finally dropped his prop from seven and a half assists to six and a half assists per game or so. Not per game, but as of late, that's that's been the the, the drop there. So what I'm doing here, I, the six and a half is is a it's a good bet. It's a little bit closer to 50-50 than I'd like it to be. So because I do feel confident in the points, I'm going to same game parlay his over on the points with under on the assists, but I'm tweaking it up to eight and a half and. DraftKings is really the only book that, especially this early in the day, that is offering like these alt over unders, right? Most books will offer an alt line that you have to take at that, that person's going to get at least that amount or more. So essentially an over, but they're on DraftKings, you can't take alt over or under. So I'm boosting this up to eight and a half assists and going under it. It's minus 400 alone, right? But we, we same game parlay it and it gets us to plus 118 with the over on the points. So all of that said, this is like one of those great situations where a team clearly plays a specific style of defense uh, against the perimeter and perimeter heavy players like Dane, right? Who can also, by the way, drive to the basket and get the 11 free throw attempts that he got last game against this team. Um, and so that is, we have, they normally have two very good rim protectors in there. Now they have one, but either way, it's still the same type of defense, which is, we'll let you come to our big guys. And once you get there, you're in trouble because Evan Mobley's playing around the free throw line. And if you happen to get around him uh, as an, a, an all defensive player, if not yet very soon, then you have to deal with Jared Allen right behind him. 
So that's why the pressure around the perimeter, not that good for the Cavs who give up a bunch of threes. They do not give up assists, though. And that's similar to other teams with a similar style of play, like even the Magic, who have great rim protectors and a sea of guys that are 6'10 waiting for you if you want to get inside the three-point line. They that You can shoot against them. You can't score if you're a good scoring guard and shooting guard, but the assists don't come because once you get into the lane, you get trapped. Your shooters are not as, as visible to you, like I said, in a sea of long arms and, and tall dudes. Uh, and that's the case for the Cavs as well. They limit teams to the, the point guards to the fourth fewest assists on the season. Uh, and in the last 10 games, which is really when they've had this iteration of their team without uh, Garland and, and Mobley. Mobley's been out for longer. Garland really out for the last nine or 10 games. They, they've limited teams to the fewest assists per game, 23 per game. And we've talked about it with the Bucks before. They're not an assist-heavy team. They don't have a good assist percentage as a team. They don't get a lot of their scoring off of, of assists um, because it is a, a lot of – I don't want to call it straight my turn, your turn. There's a, there's an, an order to all of it, but there still is – the point is get Giannis in space, get Dame in space, and then let them cook. Um, and that doesn't require a lot of assists, right? And, and uh, point guards have not been getting assists. When I bump this up to 8.5, the last thing I'll say, uh, 9 – plus assists has happened against the uh, Cleveland a few times from point guards. Fred Van Fleet actually went off. He had 17 dimes. That was really impressive. I didn't even see who was in that game for them, but whatever. Ben Simmons, remember him? He played this season. He got nine dimes against this team before disappearing off the face of the earth. Hallie got it. Cade got it. Trey got it. Those are the only dudes. And all those dudes are diming up way more than Dame is this season. So we'll, uh, we'll bank on Dame to continue to score, and I'll add the under assists. Yeah, I think there's five or six active players who have posted a 2020 game, 20 points and assists, and you just named three of them in FEV, Halliburton, and Trey. So, yeah, those are the guys that can do that. Dame has not has not done that. Uh, you know, he has double-digit assists, what, once in his last, uh, uh, what looks like, 12 ga- 14, 15 games. So, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, tweaking it up to nine. Seems highly unlikely that he gets this, considering he had four last time out against the Cavs, considering the Cavs are, are going to limit assists in general. Um, but Damon and Giannis will be doing a lot of scoring unassisted because that's what they do. They're, they're superstar scorers, and they're still working on how to you know make the most out of each other's talent. But for the time being, they can both get theirs. Yeah, and they will. They shot uh, you know Giannis with the 22 field goal attempts last game. Dame had 16. But he had 11 free throws, so probably bump that up to about you know five or six more, up to 22 or so, the same as Giannis. Their usage rates basically every every time they're on the floor, they're taking shots, right? So yeah, the points for sure, the assists much much less. I just couldn't get a different alt over underline, right? I had to either take six and a half or eight and a half or whatever. So I was like, look, if you want to take the six and a half or you want to make it 25 plus for Dame, you're gonna juice it up to like plus 185. Be my guest. Uh, I wanted to take a nice win here with a full unit. So that's all the time we have on Play Up Props for you today on Wednesday. Continue to follow along. Subscribe to that page. Check out the Best Bets video that we also have. We're bringing you both videos each and every weekday. So until we see you next, happy betting. Stepping up, up, up.